Today we'll be talking about one of the most captivating, exciting, but also crippling themes within the spiritual community. I'm talking about the concept of twin flame relationships and their connection to the Kundalini Shakti awakening process. Now, when I refer to twin flames, I'm referring to those far out, mind boggling, spiritually charged relationships that seem to be a big part of our spiritual journey and awakening processes. They're riddled with these intense, shared energetic phenomena, synchronicities, emotional upheaval, immense love, the need to be close, as well as the need to take distance, juicy drama, and all of that fun stuff. Now, when I refer to Kundalini Shakti Awakening, I'm referring to the spiritual transformation that occurs within the entire body-mind-spirit system during the human being's evolutionary process. Now, I have an entire 70-part series dedicated to this topic on my channel and website. Feel free to check that out if you're not familiar with Kundalini Awakening. So today, I'll be giving my take on these two themes and their interplay. Now, personally, I have years and years of direct experience uh, with both the Kundalini Awakening process as well as the Twin Flame journey. So I'll be sharing some personal stories and things that I haven't really shared elsewhere before. I've also spoken with countless other people over the years, and I've gathered some useful information about these overall ideas. And that's why it's taken me some time to put all of this together and finally get out this episode. My intention was to zoom out and to see the big picture so that I could present something clear for you all about these two very mysterious, often confusing, and of course, emotional topics, twin flame relationships and Kundalini awakening. So today we'll explore what twin flames are all about, the idea of synchronicity and strange coincidences. We'll talk about the runner and the chaser dynamic. We'll talk about getting triggered and what this means. We'll explore how to heal and how to love yourself, as well as how to get through some of the you know, more challenging parts of this journey with Kundalini, with Twin Flames, unscathed. So I want to offer some validation for you in case you're wondering, you know, have I gone crazy? I want to let you know that you know, there's a meaningful reason for all the drama that you may be going through in what they may call a Twin Flame encounter. And of course, in my view... This is definitely something valid. You haven't gone crazy. This is a genuine thing that many, many people are going through. And of course, we have this term twin flame, which is pretty loaded. There's many different takes on it. Often those takes can be uh, somewhat troubling to some people. They can be a little misleading in my view. And so that's why I'm doing my best to share here uh, to clear up some confusion. Okay. So before we jump in, remember to visit brentspirit.com for more free content just like this. You can learn how to join me for the free Kundalini Q&A group meetings that I hold on Zoom. They're free for the time being at the very least. And you can also sign up for my free courses that I have, brentspirit.com. As well, while you're at it, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment, all that stuff. As well, I have a flagship eight-hour video course out. It's called Grounded, Spiritual Emergence, and Integration. Now, I've put over 10 years of personal experience along with insight that I gained supporting others going through challenging energetic spiritual awakenings and crises into this program. So it covers how to make sense of the energetics of spiritual awakening, how to integrate, embody, and find balance, how to soothe the nervous system and find safety, and how to finally live your purpose after having gone through a significant spiritual awakening. So I'm very proud of this course. I hope that you enjoy it. You can check it out at brentspirit.com slash grounded. Okay, so Twin Flames and Kundalini Awakening. 
Now, let me start off with an important disclaimer here. And I know this is going to be a, a rather lengthy episode. I invite you to settle in and, and spend some time with me here. I'm going to cover a lot. Um, I've got a lot of notes here that I really want to get through. I'm not really going to hold much back. Okay, so, so hang with me here. So what I have to share today is pretty far out. It's pretty unbelievable, especially to those who haven't had any experiences with it. I'm well aware that this topic can make people such as myself look absolutely insane. I'm fully aware of this, okay? Twin flames, kundalini awakening. It's, it's, it's insanity that we're talking about here, okay? So I'm, I'm leading with that. I understand this can all look really far out. I'm not here to convince anyone that is in doubt that this is real or not. I'm actually only here to support those that are having a hard time with these themes in their life. And if you happen to be going through this, well, you know that, you know, the twin flame relationship, the twin flame encounter is not just any ordinary relationship, it's not just, you know, um, you know, falling head, head over heels for somebody or, or, you know, being in a honeymoon phase where you've got the blinders on and you can't really see uh, any red flags. It's something a little bit more spiritually charged and a little bit more far out and intense than that. Okay. So maybe twin flames aren't real. Maybe spirituality isn't real. Maybe Kundalini awakening is all just made up. Maybe synchronicity and all of this sort of stuff is just absolutely nonsense. And anyone who buys into any of this stuff and uses it to you know, make sense of their life and their experience, maybe we're all delusional. Maybe it's all woo-woo. Maybe it's all BS. Maybe so, okay? Maybe so. Regardless of whether all of that's real or not, what is real is relationships, okay? You can all agree, relationships are real, okay? So whether you find yourself in what you think may be a powerful, mystical, spiritual, twin flame relationship, whether you're not sure what kind of relationship you're in or you ha or were in or, or you know, what, what you're going through. Whether you don't believe in any of this stuff about energy and spiritual awakening and ascension and kundalini and all this kind of stuff. Maybe the synchronicities that, uh, you know, others may call a synchronicity. Maybe you just think it's just fluke. It's just random. It's just, you know, all made up stuff. Maybe so. It's all valid. It's all a reasonable approach and I'm not here to argue with you. Overall, though, the core message of what I have to share today is applicable to any and all relationships, whether you're on the spiritual path or not. It doesn't matter what I'm sharing here. The core message applies to anybody, everybody, no matter what their belief systems really are. Okay. And the core message of what I'm sharing here is self-love, is cultivating a meaningful relationship with oneself. It's working on the relationship that we had have with ourself uh, with the intention of healing, of growing, of addressing our pain so that we don't um, you know, allow it to influence us in our other relationships with other people, with our lives, uh, with our livelihood, etc. Okay? So it doesn't matter who you are, all of this at its essence will apply. Okay? Twin flame encounter, twin flame relationship, kundalini awakening, it doesn't matter. Okay. The work is still the same. It doesn't really matter where you are on the path, whether you're not on the path at all, whether you think you're done the path, it doesn't matter. The work is the same. Okay. We cultivate uh, presence. We cultivate acceptance of what's arising in our experience, our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our sensations, our, our, our lived experience should all be accepted, not resisted. And even if it is resisted, even the resistance can be accepted. So it doesn't really matter where you're at on the path. These are general paradigms that are coming out of, uh, you know, uh, mindfulness paradigms that psychology has acknowledged, science has acknowledged. So at its core, I'm not really speaking about super far out stuff, but of course we are going to get into some far out stuff here today. Okay. Next, we've got to be mindful, always mindful to not use spiritual ideas and concepts 
against ourselves. For example, we cannot say that because a partner seems to fit the description of a twin flame, right, a soulmate or whatever term you would like to use, just because, you know, maybe they fit that description or some healer or some teacher or some guru told you that this is your twin flame, this is your soulmate, doesn't matter. We don't tolerate abuse from anybody, no matter what type of label we want to put on them, okay? Even though they may be your twin flame, even though they may be your soulmate, if they're abusing you, we get out of those relationships, okay? Very, very important to understand this. It doesn't matter how many signs and synchronicities or mystical experiences you share together. It doesn't matter what type of awakenings you may have had or what type of uh, you know, divine messages or dreams or visions you may have had about this person. If they're abusive, you must seek safety, you must seek help, you must seek justice. Do not justify staying and accepting mistreatment in the name of spirituality, okay? So if your best friend were to have come to you and told you about what you're going through, you wouldn't say, oh, friend, this sounds like a really spiritual relationship. You should stay with this person even though they're abusing you. No, you would say, best friend, I care about you. Seek help, seek justice, seek safety, okay? So you have to be that best friend for yourself. We don't use spiritual ideas to bypass and put ourselves in harm way, okay? harm's way. Okay, so the ideas of healing that I'll be sharing here have to do with managing relationship challenges that arise which are not abusive. So for example, if someone cancels plans on you, right, they may have a valid reason. And even though they may have a valid reason, it still may hurt you. Okay, I've been there. I understand. But that's not abuse. Okay, that's everyday friction that arises in relationships, which we have to learn to navigate. And, and I'm going to be sharing with you how we can use incidents like that to actually help us to heal okay we can use getting triggered to heal okay but someone hurting you physically or emotionally manipulating you that's abuse okay that's abuse and the spiritual growth in abusive situations because there is spiritual growth in every context in life the spiritual growth in abusive situations comes when we finally stand up for ourselves and leave the situation not when we stay in the situation and accept it and, and say, this is my soulmate, this is my twin flame, we're meant to be blah, blah, blah. And, you know, try and meditate and find, you know, unconditional acceptance of what is and, you know, stay in the abuse. No, the growth comes when we leave. That's how we grow if we're experiencing abuse, okay? And of course, we don't use these ideas against other people. For example, we don't say, well, you're my twin flame. You told me you're my twin flame. We both know it. So, uh, you know, therefore, you got to stay with me at all costs, no matter what, or else bad things will happen, or else I'll hurt myself, or else, you know, you'll get bad karma, or you'll burn in hell, or the law of attraction will, will not work for you, or blah, blah, blah. We don't use those types of ideas against other people as well, of course, because that's manipulation, that's abuse, okay? It's very easy for anybody to, to fall into spiritual bypassing, especially in the midst of an intense spiritual journey with difficult emotions such as heartbreak, such as abandonment, okay? So we have to use our discernment. We have to be grounded. We have to be mature. And I know that this has been a long intro, and I appreciate you for, for hanging with me so far. This is very important stuff that I don't share lightly because I know a lot of people experience a lot of difficulty in relationships, period, let alone a spiritually charged twin flame encounter, okay? So it's very important that we take all of this stuff seriously. I, I'm not sitting here, um, you know, with all of these notes just to share things that aren't aren't very important they are okay so now that we have that important disclaimer out of the way let's move on and talk a little bit more about twin flames and kundalini awakening 
So there's a handful of ways that Kundalini Shakti can be awakened. Now this powerful energetic force can be triggered to rise in our body, in our system, through, through spiritual practices such as meditation, breath work, through devotion and prayer, um, as well as through, through receiving Shaktipat transmission from a guru. Okay, so these are things that I've talked about more throughout the series, um, which you can look into. But for the most part, they're pretty straightforward, except for, you know, Shaktipat transmission from a guru involves uh, somebody with, with a very advanced state of consciousness that's able to transmit and radiate the spiritual force to another person, which we would call Shakti, and awaken it in another person. So that's triggering a Kundalini awakening with the help of a guru, okay? So for the most part, generally speaking, these practices that I mentioned, meditation, breathwork, devotion, prayer, Shaktipat, they require a lot of intense dedication, either to the practice, to uh, the, the community, to uh, the guru's teachings, for example. And sometimes these, this intense dedication takes place over multiple lifetimes, okay? So many aspirants that are on this type of path, they may give up their regular lives in society and they may seek solitude. They may seek isolation and practice things like meditation or prayer, or they may go and study with a guru or a dedicated spiritual community. And this can take lifetimes. It can take decades, years, long, long time, okay? So you can think of a monk meditating in the forest or you think of a yogi meditating in a cave. They're doing a lot of serious work in isolation, okay? So these approaches are all valid and they've served individuals seeking to awaken kundalini and spiritually transform for millennia. However, they take a very long time, okay? It takes a long time to meditate to awaken kundalini, let alone then go through the kundalini awakening process, okay? Today, however, on the planet, we are experiencing an accelerated period of collective awakening, also known as an ascension. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you've felt it, maybe you know directly that you're a part of it, okay? Things are speeding up very, very quickly, and more and more people are awakening seemingly somewhat suddenly. So this is why there's so many of us lately. This is why if you look all over the internet, there's a lot of people talking about it. Maybe in your own life, a lot of your friends are into this stuff. People are awakening all over the place. It's happening very, very quickly. Not only that, but their awakening process is also unfolding very, very quickly compared to, say, 100 years ago, where things took a lot longer for an individual, okay? So most of us do not have the time to go into retreat or into isolation for decades in order to go through our spiritual healing and awakening journey. Things are just happening way too fast now, okay? So the, the universe has introduced a new, faster way for the spiritual awakening journey and the kundalini awakening process to be triggered. In this way, of course, I'm sure you've guessed it by now, it is the encountering of a twin flame partner along your spiritual path. I've also heard a twin flame partner being referred to as an ascension partner, okay? So rather than retreating into isolation, where romantic relationships aren't typically welcomed or sought after or feasible, the twin flame journey invites spiritual seekers to undergo their awakening journey in society without necessarily having to leave to go and live in a cave or a forest or a monastery, okay? Essentially, a twin flame partner comes along and assists you to awaken, to heal, to transform very rapidly without necessarily having to commit to decades of life as an ascetic. They help you to quickly see what you need to heal and release so that you know so that you don't need to go into a meditation hut all by yourself to try and figure it out all on your own. 
which of course, like I've been saying, usually takes a very long time. And of course, so how do they help us? Well, the twin flame, the ascension partner, they can inspire us, of course. We can have incredibly spiritually charged mystical experiences, incredible experiences of unconditional love, uh, you know, all sorts of pretty far out incredible things. This can serve as an inspiration. It can trigger a, a very, very major spiritual awakening. As well, the ascension part of the twin flame, they can also stir up a lot of pain for us to process and address. In short, the twin flame can shine a light on our shadow, on the aspects of ourself that are dark, are negative, are difficult. Okay, think of pain, think of trauma, think of deep, uh, you know, um, conditioning that has uh, shaped us uh, to maybe not be able to uh, embody our fullest self, for example. So the twin flame comes and it basically, uh, the twin flame encounter basically highlights all of these things that we've been carrying around, all of our baggage. Okay. Now, when this starts happening, it's often not an easy process. It's often very, very difficult. However, it is a very quick process compared to trying to do this all by yourself, okay? Trying to dig up your shadow all by yourself. So in my view, this is why the twin flame theme is a literal new age idea. It's new, right? It's, it's something new that I don't even think really existed even 50 years ago. This is my view, just, you know, zooming out and looking at the overall landscape of the spiritual, uh, you know, um, journey. I haven't really heard of, of people having these sort of twin flame relationships, um, you know, anywhere else other than within the past few decades, right? More so within the past 10 years or so, I would say, since 2012, which is when the, the ascension really began to take off, okay? So I think that this is something new that's recently come about. Of course, there may be hints uh, added here and there in ancient teachings. Of course, in Hinduism, we know that the uh, the deities they they have uh, their counterparts, right? You know, um, uh, Sita and Rama, for example. So, so there are some um, um, sort of very spiritual relationships that we do see in these types of uh, traditions, per se. But there aren't explicit teachings about you know what to do when you encounter a twin flame who sort of you know triggers all of the shadow to come up. I think it's a very new thing. Okay. So it's important that we remember here that the universe is constantly expanding and evolving. And so naturally, new ways for the awakening process to unfold will continue to manifest throughout the ages. Twin Flames is one of the latest. In the future, maybe something else. Maybe it's something to do with technology. Maybe it's, um, you know, got to do with, uh, you know, some, some tweaks that can be made in the brain. Who knows? But the, the ascension process, the awakening process... Um, it will constantly be uh, be uh, speeded up, sped up by different things that the universe decides to manifest through, of course, human beings and whatnot. Right? Maybe it's the uh, the encountering of of intergalactic species and and uh, what we may call uh, aliens. They may come and they may facilitate an even more accelerated awakening for us at some point in the future. But now, of recently, the twin flame is uh, one of the fastest ways you to awaken and i share this because uh i, I want to leave you with a, a bit of a hopeful sentiment throughout this talk um you can know that yeah the twin flame thing may be very hard for you and that may be why you're drawn to this talk today but fortunately there's an upside and the upside is that uh, it can be uh rather quick okay so let's unpack the twin flame journey in more detail i'll share some of the generally believed ideas about twin flames and then i'll give my contrarian take on the matter after having actually lived it myself. So in general, the most common view of twin flames is that for some people, 
there's a romantic partner out there that is as near of a perfect match as can be on all levels, most notably spiritually. So Twin Flames have been marketed to the spiritual community as the one on spiritual steroids. And I say the one in quotations. Some believe the Twin Flame relationship to be the most ideal and perfect relationship there could possibly be. But the fact of the matter is, many go through great suffering trying to make it work. Upon encountering a Twin Flame, there's usually an instantaneous fiery connection and attraction. This connection often deepens very rapidly. There's a strong feeling of everything being absolutely perfect and it's all making sense. Now, this might sound like the beginning of most romantic relationships, except with Twin Flames, there's a significant spiritual component involved as well. Great synchronicity, mystical phenomena, altered states of consciousness, energetic shifts, chakra experiences, kundalini shakti awakening, and other spiritual magic often incurs within the context of the Twin Flame relationship. All of this can be a great buildup of immense hopefulness for those involved, who likely have spent their whole lives and journeys seeking out such an apparently perfect partner. And then, the rug gets pulled out from under their feet, things begin to unravel, and their shadows become exposed. Almost as quickly as things began, they start to fall apart as all of the insecurities, the trauma, the conditioning, and the outdated beliefs begin to surface as a result of being triggered by the sudden onset of relationship challenges. So what was once shaping up to be a spiritual fairy tale turns into total chaos. So through these challenges, which usually involve a separation between two twin flames after having come together, they're each forced into an intense period of purification and personal transformation, ultimately culminating in the, cul in the cultivation of a profound, sustainable self-love within themselves as individuals. Now, in some cases, two twin flames encounter each other briefly, either in person, maybe even online, and then they're unable to connect further due to distance or the other, one or the other or both being in committed relationships already and so on. So in any case, there's almost always something that comes up between twin flames, causing a lot of pain to get stirred up as they can no longer be together in harmony. So of course, as we've been exploring throughout this series, the Kundalini Shakti awakening process involves a period of deep emotional and psychological purging and healing. Deep things from the unconscious, from the shadow, begin to emerge to be healed and released. This process can be amplified and accelerated within the context of the twin flame journey. So put simply, a twin flame relationship can involve a romantic encounter. One or both partners may experience a kundalini shakti awakening. They separate and the intense healing work begins. So, so far, I found all of the aforementioned points that I've shared about the concept of twin flames to be valid, generally speaking. However, some say that twin flames are two people that share one soul. I found no reason to believe this other than romanticized hype. Now, the next point that you might hear about, which I also disagree with, is the idea that two twin flames are meant to eventually reunite and live out the rest of their days together having both completed their healing and purification process, now both oozing with unconditional self-love, ready to serve others as a sort of awakened, ascended 
healed spiritual power couple. Okay. The idea of an eventual reunion is something that I want to demystify today. And I know that may be heartbreaking. It may be difficult to hear the process, but hear me out. We're not done yet. So there's far too many going through the purification process after having had a very intense romantic encounter with a twin flame before it all went haywire, hoping that one day they will eventually live happily ever after together. Now, this happily ever fantasy is, in most cases, exactly that. It's just a fantasy. It's not the goal of the twin flame encounter. It's not the pinnacle or the point of it all. So let me make this clear. The twin flame encounter is meant to catalyze your growth, expansion of consciousness, and your embodiment of self-love. Period. That's it. It's not meant to have a fairy tale ending where both partners reunite. This may happen in very rare cases, but let's just assume that it won't. My intention today is to snap you out of this idea if you happen to be going through this kind of point on your spiritual journey. And I'm speaking from experience. After having encountered someone that fits the definition of my twin flame, having Kundalini Shakti awaken within me when we were together, having separated, and having never reunited after that, despite going through a deep healing and purification phase myself. So after all of that, Today, I found myself in a very meaningful and deep relationship with someone new, and we've been together ever since more than seven years now, okay? So I share this to let you know that there's hope. You may not necessarily reunite with your twin flame because, like I said, their job is to come and catalyze your awakening, not to be a happily ever after with you. They're not meant to be the one, but you can relate with someone else for sure, right? And and I refer to those people as soulmates, okay? So this is how my journey went. I can share some of the details of all of this with you. Of course, I'll have to leave some personal details out, but throughout my sharing, I'm going to do my best to intersperse some thoughts and ideas and reflections with you. So my spiritual awakening journey began when I was a teenager. I was very depressed. I was very anxious. Of course, I heard meditation could help. And so I sat and I looked inward. I just wanted to find some relief from the anxiety to feel a little bit more calm was not interested in spirituality. In fact, at the time, I was a, a staunch atheist. So suddenly, you know, I turned inwards to try this thing they call meditation. And I began experiencing a classic sign of Kundalini Shakti awakening process. Spontaneous Kriyas, the spontaneous movements in my spine. Very common sign of Kundalini awakening process. So about the same time period in high school, down the hall from me, there was a girl who I briefly crossed paths with. We talked a little bit, nothing more. But interestingly, I felt a sort of familiarity and a sort of pull toward her. Couldn't really put my finger on it, but there was something a little, a little different about um, you know, what I felt when we just encountered each other. I wouldn't call it a crush. I wouldn't call it um, uh, anything super romantic. It was just something, something a little different. Okay? So this was my first encounter with the person that I would understand to later be my twin flame. Of course, I didn't know any of this at the time. This must have been around 2008. Um, so anyway, we'll call her Tiff for Twin Flame, TF, Tiff. It would take years before I would finally eventually learn about Twin Flames, um, which was part of my path, of course. 
but uh, not knowing about this made things a little difficult, of course. So that's why I'm here to try and, and, and shed some light on this for those that are, you know, feeling a little confused on their own journey. So anyway, after experiencing this interesting phenomenon meditation, after having, you know, crossed paths with her around the same time, I continued on my spiritual journey, of course, dealing with de depression and anxiety, but continued to continuing to explore mindfulness and all of that and finding some benefits from it. Okay, so I became pretty committed to my mindfulness practice. So fast forward about three and a half years, I reconnect with Tiff and we go on a coffee date or, or something like that. Um, admittedly, I was, I was a young, clueless guy and I didn't really know if it was a date or not. Uh, I'm not too familiar with the, uh, the social do's and don'ts of dating, especially back then, uh, didn't really know. So anyway, we're, we're having a coffee and, uh, you know, of course we get to talking about spirituality. It's all, uh, it's my, my number one passion since, since that time. And of course it still is. So of course it has to come up in conversation on uh, a parent coffee date or, you know, what I think is a date, but anyway, so, you know, spirituality comes up and we have a really great conversation, really intense. We're talking about psychedelics and then meditation. And I'm telling her about, you know, you, there's this thing called ayahuasca in the jungle. And it's, and back then ayahuasca wasn't even very much uh, talked about. So it was, it was all like fresh and new and exciting. And, and we had this really great conversation and, uh, you know, we exchanged some good ideas and, and it was a good time overall. Eventually we went our separate ways. So I had some inclination afterwards towards seeing her again. But for some reason, I just couldn't bring myself to follow up with her. I didn't feel, uh, you know, badly about how things went. I felt, I felt pretty good. I felt like, you know, if I were to want to date her, I had a pretty good shot. Um, but I just couldn't bring myself to follow up with her. Looking back, I, I'm reflecting on it. I feel like I, I wasn't ready to go deep. And I knew that if we were to see each other again, I would have to force myself to go deep, right? To you know, go deep spiritually, to go deep emotionally. And I could feel there was something really strong there was calling me, but I couldn't give into this pull. I couldn't give into this magnetism or this vortex. So what I did instead was I just kind of pulled away. I think maybe, you know, we exchanged a couple of messages. I stopped responding. I just, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know. I was afraid that if I pursued this, I would be getting into something very intense and I didn't feel ready. So let me pause here. You know, of course, uh, I want to offer a grounded perspective here because like I said in the beginning, I know that this, some of this stuff can sound absolutely insane, okay? My approach to, in all my work is to try and speak about this in a reasonable way as well as to give you some tools that you can learn when you like to speak about these things with other people so that you can also be a reasonable person. I, I don't like seeing spiritual people um, walking around rambling about spiritual things and, and you know, getting people uh, in their lives um, weirded out. It's uh, one of my missions. Anyway, so I want to acknowledge here that what I've described so far, it's not necessarily unheard of amongst quote-unquote normal relationships, right? People feel sparks all the time. If you're into like rock climbing, you're going to talk about rock climbing on a coffee date and maybe the other person's into rock climbing, you're going to hit it off, for example, right? So it's not like super far out what I'm saying here. It's, it's normal, mundane, regular stuff. But of course, like I said, if you're living a spiritual uh, path and you've encountered a twin flame, you know that there's something a little different here than just, you know, two people kind of liking each other and, and going for coffee. It's a little different. Something something that can't be uh, put into words. There's like a, an element of, of energetic spiritual magnetism that, um, you know, I, I can't really describe it, but, but you know what I mean if you've lived it. Okay. So anyway... What I can say, though, is that, you know, 
me encountering her coincided almost perfectly with the beginning of my Kundalini awakening process. Like I said, I meditated around the same time I meet her in school, okay? And there was, of course, some, some spiritual themes in our relationship already, okay? So perhaps you felt this way yourself. Um, you know, like I said, there's a pull that can't be explained. Sometimes we can't resist it and we have to connect. We have to be in touch. But sometimes the pull itself can be really scary because we've never felt this before. And so we want to run away. And this may be why maybe your twin flame, somebody you identify as your twin flame, wants nothing to do with you. They're running away because this pull is very intense. It's very scary. Okay. And that's what I did. I ran away at this time. And this is what I hear from many people. Either someone's running or someone's chasing. It's very, very common within the twin flame dynamic. So what happens is they, you know, have an encounter with a twin flame. They just want this person to stop pulling on them energetically because it's scary or they know that it can't work out in the long run. But of course, we can't escape the energetic pull. It's like a huge magnet. It's drawing them closer and closer despite what either of them are trying to do to get away. It just keeps happening. And this can take place over years. You can both be on the other side of the world and still something will, 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 will you know, draw you together in some way. In my case, it did take years, but of course, and the story isn't over yet. We did reconnect eventually in, in, in a weird way through synchronicity, I would say. So over the next three and a half years, I had other romantic encounters, all of which provided great context for spiritual growth. In other words, they were difficult. They hurt a lot. There were some good times, of course, but nothing lasting and sustainable. I was seeing another girl, not Tiff, on and off for a few months in a casual way. She was really kind and she was very spiritually aware. She was very fickle, um, unreliable, and inconsistent. And, and this was pretty challenging for me to deal with. She would often tell me that we were going to meet and then you know she would go AWOL. And uh, it was very painful and brought up a lot of my own insecurities, my own fears, my own shame, my own judgment. Um, through that, I learned though that I need to learn how to love myself because I'm I found that I was very needy, very clingy, very insecure, lacked confidence, lacked self-respect. So I began to cultivate self-love, treating myself in the way that I wanted others to treat me, you know, being there for myself. Interestingly, I learned later on that uh, the reason that uh, you know, she wasn't able to be uh, consistent uh, was because she had some, some pretty personal and significant health issues. And you know, all of this time, I thought it was about me. I, I made it all about me. Um, and, uh, you know, turns out she was, she was suffering as well. So throughout this context, I learned to love myself and I learned I can't be in any relationship with anybody unless I learn how to love myself. Okay. So the time came that, uh, you know, we were meant to, to, you know, stop seeing each other. And I decided, you know, I, uh, I have to do something towards letting this go and moving on and accepting that this is not going to work out for, for a number of different reasons. So what I did was, you know, I put my hands in my heart and I went really deep and I said, you know, I love you. I love you to myself, to Brent. I said, it's okay. I know you're hurting. I know you're hurting. You've got to, you know, let this relationship go. You know, maybe you, you really like this person. It's okay. We're going we're gonna to be okay. There's someone else out there, but even if there isn't, I'm here with you, Brent. So we're okay. We're going to be okay. I went really deep with this practice really intensely it was it was meditative it was spiritually charged hands in my heart it was a a, a really significant moment in my life where i, I tapped into self-love in a very extreme way okay so i sat with my pain i sat with my fear i sat with my insecurity i love myself deeply and fully 
And I felt a literal energetic and emotional release. There was a shift that took place. You could say my heart began to open. I don't know exactly what, but there was a genuine shift that took place that this marked a new phase on my journey. Okay, so I gave myself permission to let this, uh, this girl go. I gave myself permission to be alone, uh, to, to work through whatever may come up in my aloneness. And I gave myself a little bit of hope and openness to new possibilities. So the very next day after this experience where my, you know, you could say my heart opened and I, I tapped into self-love, I woke up feeling light. I woke up feeling clear. The world looked a little brighter. I felt a little bit of, uh, of hope. Well, I went on Facebook and I noticed that Tiff, like I mentioned, my, the person that I met back in high school, I went on the coffee date with, I noticed that she had shared a talk by the famous spiritual philosopher, Alan Watts. So for the first time in years, I got in touch with her and sent her a message. And, I, and you know, we talked about Alan Watts and spirituality and we caught up a little bit. Eventually, she shared with me that just the day before, she split up with her fiance. I didn't tell her at the time, but I thought, hmm, you know, that's pretty interesting because just the day before, I also moved on from, you know, that girl that I was seeing. Um, so that, that's interesting. We both had a very similar experience the day before, you know, letting a relationship go, letting, um, you know, somebody in our life go. So Tiff invites me over to her house to catch up and immediately there's sparks, there's romance in the air. And for some reason, I feel called to ask her if she would like to meditate with me. Kind of a weird thing to do. Um, maybe, I don't know, I guess I'm a weird guy, but it just felt right. And, and so we just sat there quietly together for, you know, maybe... 10 minutes or so. And, uh, you know, there was something very intense, you know, that I was feeling in this meditation. It was, it was interesting. So anyway, after that, we began dating from that day for the next couple months or so. And it got pretty, pretty intense. So let me take a moment here to acknowledge the situation from a grounded and rational perspective. Here we are, two vulnerable people having just moved on from other partners, not even, you know, 24 hours earlier. We come together within a day, and have a strong romantic connection. You know, big deal, right? Big deal. We could say that, you know, there's nothing mystical or magical or spiritual about this. It's just two heartbroken people rebounding with each other. Lame, right? And I understand. And to those who see things this way, that's no problem at all. Okay, because like I said in the beginning, no matter how you view any of these encounters, any of these relationships, the work is still the same. Okay, we have to figure out how to love ourselves, which is the true aim of the twin flame theme anyway. So it doesn't matter if it's a relationship with a coworker, with a romantic partner, with a parent, a brother, a sister, doesn't matter. Anything that can come up, we have to learn how to love ourselves and that develops our skills in relationships. That helps us to heal. Of course, once again, a reminder, we don't tolerate abuse in the name of spiritual growth. Okay, so of course, we still can't ignore the synchronistic timing of all of this that I've just described. In my personal experience, which I can't relate to you, the energetic pull was very present. It was very palpable. It was almost like some force was forcing us to be together, to, to sit together, to meditate together. It was, it was like I was totally in the flow. It was like I was even, you could say, channeling when I reached out to her. I, I just couldn't resist but to send the message. Maybe she couldn't resist but to invite me over. We were being provoked by a larger force 
in order to entering into this new, uh, you know, relationship dynamic. Okay. I'm sure if you're experiencing a twin flame, you kind of get what I'm saying here. So we spent the next little while seeing each other. And whenever we were together, I would feel incredible energetic phenomena in my body. My chakras would light up and I would feel high as if I was on a mild dose of psychedelics. There was immense activated sexual energy. She would share similar experiences as well. We were totally in the flow, experiencing all sorts of synchronicity and spiritual themes between us. We both felt like we had finally made it and we you know, expressed similar things to each other. We had finally found the spiritual partner that destiny had in store for us. We felt that we had finally done enough spiritual work and meditation and we were made worthy of each other. It felt like a fantasy had come true. Within like a month, we were saying, I love you, and we were planning our future together. It just made sense. All the magic and energetic phenomena validated all of this for us both. Now, keep in mind, even at this point in my journey, I still don't know what twin flames are. I still don't know much about Kundalini at all either. This is 2016. I'm, of course, very, very much committed to my spiritual path, meditation, mindfulness, uh, doing the inner work, being present. These are very, very uh, important things to me, if not the most important things. But I still don't know uh, much about, of course, Twin Flames and Kundalini. Even back then in 2015, it wasn't talked about as much as it's being talked about um, today. So anyway, Tiff, her best friend, who we'll call Biff, um, short for Biffany. Tiff, Biff, and I decide that we're going to have a plant medicine journey together using psilocybin. So we journeyed together for a bit on this trip, and then they left me alone in a bedroom. I took this as an opportunity to meditate and to love myself, as I had been doing for the past year or so. Like I said, with my hands in my heart, I told myself, I love you, over and over with each breath, Right. I didn't stop after that uh, heart opening experience. I just kept going with it even deeper, more and more deeply. Okay. So with the support of the psilocybin, it was a very powerful experience. I felt as if I was being held and loved by God while simultaneously feeling that I was God holding and loving a guy named Brent. I was stoking this huge fire of love in my heart. Suddenly I had an anxious thought. Where are Tiff and Biff? Are they okay? Are they hurt? I need to check on them. Telepathically, I heard a gentle and very soothing voice say, Brent, relax. Whatever's taking care of you right now is also taking care of them. So just relax. And of course, I felt that I was being taken care of by God. I felt like I was being held by God. And so I said, of course, God is taking care of them too. They'll be okay. I'll be okay. And so I gave myself full permission to go deep into this self-love meditation, telling myself over and over with each breath, with great fervor, great devotion, great emotion, I love you. I love you. Suddenly, from the base of my spine, there was a massive energetic explosion. I can only describe it as a freight train busting through the tiny shaft in my spinal column. It exploded out of the top of my head, and I found myself in a vast spaciousness. It was incredibly orgasmic beyond any words. After an unknown amount of time, I returned back into the room. I was very confused. 
Because of the orgasmic explosion, I thought I was having sex. However, I was alone and I did not have any physical sexual release. Suddenly, the girls returned into the room. However, I could not distinguish whether I was the one that just returned into the room. I couldn't tell who I was between the three of us. We all felt as if we were the same person, deeply interconnected. There was an incredible shared experience of oneness. It felt like pure, unconditional love. It was a shared ego death experience. Eventually, we came out of that state and slowly reintegrated back into our respective ego personalities. And I tried to describe what I had just experienced. Well, they said that while they were in the other room, they observed a massive explosion on the stucco ceiling, which had to have been at the exact moment of my own inner explosion, which of course was the Kundalini awakening. We enjoyed the rest of the trip and just went with the flow, not holding on too much to what we had experienced. Well, the next day I went to say goodbye to Tiff and I could feel this very thin layer of distance between us. It was fresh, it was uncomfortable, and it felt like I had just been kicked in the stomach, especially considering how close we had been for the past couple months, especially considering that, you know, not even uh, the day before we had just shared a, a very uh, powerful uh, experience of unity consciousness where we couldn't even distinguish ourselves from one another. It was like we had become one. So this distance came between us. Couldn't really put my finger on it. I just felt it. Felt like she was pulling away. It's very difficult to, to, to feel in contrast to, to being so close all this time. Around this time, after this you know, significant Kundalini awakening, I began to experience incredible anxiety. I was crying. I, I felt completely frazzled. Felt like I was in a complete daze. When I tried to engage and connect with Tiff, she was becoming increasingly distant, and this made me feel even more uneasy, even more clingy, even more desperate, even more confused. Well, eventually, I spoke with Biff, her best friend, and Biff told me that she thinks that I had a Kundalini Shakti awakening during our trip. And she sent me a link to a talk by Ram Das where he speaks about his own Kundalini awakening. And that's when I said, oh my God, that's what happened to me. I had a Kundalini awakening. So from there, I began doing a lot of research on Kundalini. I came to learn that Kundalini brings about a period of purification during which a person can begin to experience all sorts of dark and heavy emotions and thoughts coming up from deep within. This explained why, why I was feeling so messed up. Well, eventually, I was hanging out with Tiff and Biff again, except this time between Tiff and, Bi and uh, between Tiff and I, there was this immense distance. Couldn't really put my finger on it. I couldn't even bring myself to say, "Hey, I'm feeling like there's some distance." It was just this looming, uh, um, heavy uh, um, barrier between us. It seems. So I was feeling really hurt by this. I couldn't understand why she was pulling away from me. I wasn't sure if she was even aware of, you know, this dynamic that I was picking up on. Well, anyway, I'm in Tiff's room and I was magnetically drawn, almost like my, my eyes, my head was forced to look at a piece of artwork on Tiff's wall. And it was a drawing of a mandala. And this was a drawing that her ex-fiance had drawn for her. 
So suddenly I felt this huge energetic presence enter into the room and come between us. And this was the energy of her fiance. Very trippy, very weird stuff. This scared me. Uh, admittedly, I felt threatened. I felt very worried. Something has come between us and it's the ex-fiance. Oh no. Felt very, very worried. So, of course, you can see where this is going. <laughs> Within a few days, I got a text message from Tiff. And she said, Hey Brent, yesterday I met up with my ex-fiance and we've decided that we're going to get back together. And so you and I, we're no longer together. So I had a panic attack. At the, at the time I, I got this text message, I was at my job. I walked out of the job on the spot, didn't tell anybody that I was leaving. I was in such a frazzled, panicky state. I went home, I cried, and I threw up for the next few days. So the next few days were very difficult. You know, of course, I'm going through a breakup, which most people, if you get broken up with the next few days, they suck. But I also had recently just had a major kundalini awakening and all sorts of things were coming up. I was very emotionally raw, very um, um, spaced out, ungrounded. And so it was a very intense period that I was going through um, combined with all of these things. Kundalini awakenings bringing up all these things. I had just gone from being at you know the peak of all peak of relationships, it seems. You know, I had encountered somebody who I thought would be the one. We had this unity experience together with unconditional love. It was incredibly spiritually charged. And then suddenly all of that is falling apart and I'm alone in my room, crying, throwing up. It's absolutely terrible. Okay. So this marked the separation period of the Twin Flame journey. Though at the time, I still hadn't known about Twin Flames. I just knew that I had encountered somebody that I really really cared about. I thought, uh, you know, we had a great future together. It felt so right. There was so much synchronicity. There's all sorts of energetic phenomena that just validated all of this for me, right? So, of course, it was very vulnerable, okay? So, for the next little while, I would feel extremely betrayed. I'd feel extremely desperate. Everything was going so well. I was on top of the world, like I was saying. Now, suddenly, I'm in the lowest pit I've ever been in my life, the darkest of dark nights, you could say. By now, I had understood that this had to do with my Kundalini Shakti awakening process and things were coming up for me to heal and release. But of course, it was still very hard. I had done research. I learned about Kundalini, but I didn't know anything about Twin Flames. So I spent the next six weeks or so sitting in meditation, was loving myself, continuing with my I love you practice. That never stopped. I still do it to this day. Okay, Having all sorts of crazy Kundalini-related mystical and spiritual phenomena arise, um, Difficult, difficult stuff. There was some interesting stuff too, you know, encounters with spirit guides and, and, and uh, you know, chakra activations and openings and, and some interesting blissful things as well. But for the most part, during this period, it's very, very difficult, very, very difficult. And I speak more about this in part 39 of this series. You can check out if you're interested. So around this time, through synchronicity and the flow, I found myself on the internet learning about Twin Flames. I saw that Kundalini awakening can sometimes happen between twin flames. Now, through reading about others, I had another one of those, oh my God, moments. Just like when I said, oh my God, I had a Kundalini awakening. I said, oh my God, Tiff and I are twin flames. Unfortunately, I thought this meant that we were eventually supposed to reunite. Once we healed ourselves of our wounds, I figured... For twin flames, well, this means that, you know, we just have to heal. We just have to tr transform, take a bit of space, and we'll come together 
and and we'll, we'll we'll continue where we left off and we'll continue uh you know to be happily ever after so i remained hopeful um and of course the reason that i, I bought into these ideas was because that's what i was reading online i was reading about all these people talking about the twin flame reunion and 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 how you're meant to be together and how they're the one and all this kind of stuff and i thought of course we'll be together i just have to do the work so the thing is though i couldn't fully get away to do the work i couldn't fully take space to heal myself which is what i really wanted to do i i wanted to stop getting triggered by every little encounter that i would see or or, or you know have with with tiff whether it was on online on social media or somebody would mention her in person all of that was triggering me so much i just wanted her to disappear i wanted her to run away or i wanted to run away from the whole thing hide in hide in my room and not have to hear about her but for some reason or another we had to keep making contact. Now, admittedly, some of it I was provoked by me in a state of incredible desperation. Maybe I reached out. Um, there may be times where she reached out, maybe not to necessarily get back together, but just for some seemingly mundane reason, like, uh, you know, or maybe she would like something on my Instagram or something, and I would be like, oh my gosh, that the feelings would just come back or I would get triggered. Or maybe, um, you know, uh, I would see something that she posted on social media and then that would set me into a trigger or somebody would mess, you know, contact me or ask me, Hey, how's your relationship with, with Tiff? And I'd say, Oh God, you know, it's, it didn't work out. They would say, huh? What? I thought you were, you know, I thought you were madly in love. And you know, this nonstop triggering was happening um, around this, even though uh, for the most part I was trying to get away. Um, and of course, every time there was some contact, it would, it would often bring me uh, some hope. Maybe maybe we're meant to be together. Maybe that's why we can't get apart, or maybe that's why she's uh, you know she liked my picture on Instagram or something, and and I would you know fall into this hopeful mindset again, and then uh, you know be let down when when things weren't going my way. Of course, now this seems to be a very common pattern with twin flames, where they're just back and forth triggering. You can't escape it. A lot of buttons get pushed during this phase of the separation phase. As well, Tiff also had some of my, my important stuff and I really wanted it back just so that I could cut ties and do my work to heal. But there was this constant back and forth around making the plans to exchange our stuff. Um, she would say, you know, I'm not ready to see you. And I would say, oh my God, just put it on your front door and let me get it. I don't have to see you. I just want to, you know, get my stuff so I can kind of wrap this chapter up and go and heal. But... Um, you know, it was like the door was kind of remaining open for the buttons to get pushed, for the triggering to happen. Um, this can have, of course, I want to remain rational and grounded. This can, of course, happen in regular relationships, but it's a very common thing within the twin flame encounter. And the reason, of course, for that is because a twin flame's job is to meant to highlight, they're meant to highlight your shadow and they're meant to highlight any type of wounds you may have, jealousy, insecurity, abandonment wounds, codependency, all of that's going to get highlighted. And even after, through the separation, Still, there was like this, uh, the channels were kept open so that they could continue to, uh, we could continue to push each other's buttons to do the work. Of course, this is something that I realized afterwards uh, in the moment. I had no idea about this. Okay. So I felt completely energetically entangled to her. It was like our auras were completely enmeshed. At times, I felt really, truly, and now I guess there's no way that I can really prove this. But I was sitting in my room in meditation and it felt like I could 100% read her mind. I knew what she was feeling. I knew where she was. I could even tell what she was wearing. It was like I was getting visions of, of where she, what she was doing. 
And so I, even though I was trying to get away and take space and meditate, it was like still I was getting bombarded with these very intense um, spiritual type feelings, okay? Even though we were miles apart, um, th this was more painful as well because we were in contact. Like we had acknowledged that we're not going to talk to each other or this isn't, you know, we're not going to be friends or something. Uh, and so it was like I just wanted to get away. But, um, you know, like I said, the twin flame's job is to push your buttons, to push your buttons. And that's maybe why, in your case, you can't get away, um, meaning you can't completely cut ties uh, until the work is, uh, is, is done, until what they're meant to do for you has been fully exchanged, until the, the energy, the triggers, the information, the experiences, until all of that has been exchanged, they're going to keep coming around. Now, let me just share. I haven't talked to this person in, in many years now. Um, so there does come a point where the work is done and you no longer need to be bombarded by them or their energy. I don't feel enmeshed with them or whatever, just to share that with you. But during the period where you have to do work, you can't get away. So this was the typical runner-chaser dynamic that we often see within Twin Flames. So one twin will run. And this will trigger a lot of anxiety and desperation in the other, right? Of course, the one who runs is also experiencing their own challenges and fear, often around themes such as unworthiness of receiving deep love that maybe their twin wants to offer. Maybe there's deep fear about the implications of the existence of all of this far out stuff on one's own reality. So often, maybe not all cases, but often there's one individual who's been on the spiritual path a little longer than the other. And so that one individual encounter somebody who maybe is new to the spiritual path, maybe not into spirituality at all. And when they encounter each other, the uh, the new person gets pretty tripped out when they start having energetic phenomena and they're seeing synchronicity everywhere and uh, all sorts of pretty far out stuff is happening to them out of nowhere. And maybe they don't have much context. Maybe they haven't read many spiritual books or watched talks or done you know meditation retreats and stuff. And so suddenly they're thrown into this and they are you know, tripping out and the person who knows about synchronicity and knows about the path and what's possible is saying, hey, yeah, this is this is all normal and natural. Be with me. And the new person is like, oh, my God, this is absolutely horrifying. It was cool at first, but it's getting a bit too real. And it's really challenging a lot of my personal beliefs about the way that the world works, the way, the, you know, reality is about God, about religion, about myself, about my potential, about my purpose. And so they say, I, I got to run. This is very, very scary for me. I don't want to go so deep. So this is one reason why, uh, um, you know, the, the, a, a twin flame um, may choose to run. Um, it's similar to, uh, you know, when I first encountered Tiff and we went for that coffee uh, date. I didn't follow up with her. I couldn't see her after that because I knew that there was something very deep here and I wasn't ready. I was too, I was too uh, um, um, scared. I was too scared for what sort of Pandora's box may be opened. So this is something that you can keep in mind and see if you can cultivate a bit of empathy. If you happen to be a person who says, I want to be with my twin, but they're running away. They're running away because this is a lot for some people to digest, right? It's a lot. They may have been thrust into a very advanced, uh, difficult spiritual awakening process that maybe they don't have the tools, the knowledge, the energy, or the time for right now, okay? So twin flames often oscillate between runner and chaser, you know, like, like, Tiff and I did. I was the the runner at first, then I became the chaser and she became the runner. 
Um, and this, of course, helps each other to heal and address the wounds and conditioning that we both have by triggering one another's deep wounds. Okay. So I know this is a common theme that many experience during the twin flame encounter. There are periods of constant triggering during which the two partners basically push each other's buttons to bring things up to be healed. Forgive me if I'm a little redundant and repetitive. I'm rambling and then I look at my notes and my notes are uh, uh, echoes of what I've already said. <laughs> but they're good reminders. So remember, when I mentioned that the twin flame journey is a very quick way to go through spiritual awakening and transformation compared to going to meditate in a cave by yourself. This is why it's so quick. Because the moment you're done processing something painful, you might get triggered again. And something else will come up to be healed and released. So maybe, you know, you get triggered because your twin flame said, I don't want to be with you. You kind of go into your room, you meditate on that, you, you feel some relief, some healing. You come out, then they say, actually, you know, I've changed my mind. Um, maybe let's give it a try. Now you're like, oh my God. It's back and forth, back and forth. Very quickly are we going to process frustration, confusion, resentment, attachment, clinginess, neediness, fear of abandonment. All of that's going to get processed very quickly. So you process one wound, one theme, one emotion. You get a bit of a breather and then another homework assignment, another trigger. That's how it can happen very, very quickly. Otherwise, you know, go in a cave, try and dig this all up yourself. Nobody's going to push your buttons. You're going to have to push your buttons yourself. Not easy to do. Not easy to do at all. So for me, it was like all of these different things were coming up and being triggered by her in all sorts of different ways. Unfortunately, by this point, I understood they are helping me to heal. This is what the Kundalini process is bringing me. This, this person coming to help me to stir up things in my purification process. Okay. That's the gift of the twin flame. They push your buttons and they bring things up for you. It sucks. It sucks, but it's still a gift. Once you get enough space and you can look back and see it, you, you'll hopefully come to a point where you can think about your twin flame and say, wow, thank you so much. You helped me to move through a lot of stuff. A lot of clearing happened very quickly. Thank for you. Th thankfully for you because, you know, twin flame, you played your role perfectly. You followed the script perfectly. You knew exactly which buttons to push at the right moments. And for that, I thank you so much. And we can say this type of thank you from a distance. It doesn't mean that we have to message them or write them a letter or, you know, imply that we should be together. We can just look back upon with gratitude uh, for them for playing their role and, and, you know, pushing our buttons. So I was very vulnerable. I was very desperate. I was very needy. I was very hurting. I was exploring all sorts of material about Twin Flames. Of course, maybe you're familiar with them. There's charts, there's infographics, there's videos, there's blog posts. And there's people that you can hire to do energetic readings and all sorts of stuff propping up the twin flame fantasy uh, and this idea that one day twin flames are meant to be together. As long as you do the right things, you do the right work, you'll be able to get your twin flame back and you can be together forever happily. There's a lot of ideas like this out there that are perpetuating this, in my view, nonsense. But of course, at this time, I was very vulnerable, so I bought into it. And I did try to explain about twin flames to Tiff. It was a desperate act to try and show her what I had found and how, excuse me, and how it explains everything about what we've gone through together. And it also explains why she's running away. I tried to tell her, I tried to tell her that, you know, if we could just heal ourselves, we could be together forever and it would all be okay. Of course, she wasn't open to it. This brought up a lot of rejection for me now, uh, which I had to process and heal. Of course, 
how convenient you know that was the gift of the twin flame yeah it was it was it was a sad attempt but you know i was very vulnerable i was so heartbroken i was saying hey look you know i had a kundalini awakening and, and all of these people are saying kundalini awakening happens in twin flames and we had all this synchronicity and uh you know you and i both know there's a very spiritual connection between us you can't deny it we both acknowledged it so we should just be together we just have to do this work and heal and i know we could work it out and she was just like no i don't know about that and and you know she she shut me down it was, it was very very painful um I, I quite literally i think i even sent her like infographics and saying okay you know this is the stage that we're at we're at the separation stage if we do the work we'll get to the next stage where we could reunite right so i was you know bought into all of these these uh these ideas out there but then i eventually came across one piece of content it was just a video um, by a a woman with uh you know not super popular on youtube or anything but she just put out a video i think she filmed it in her closet is uh just a very candid raw video and she said guys the notion of twin flames finally reuniting and living together happily ever after it's not real it's not real and this shook me awake i snapped out of the delusion and i felt so liberated to know that i could let the relationship go I could move on. I could allow myself to move forward with my life instead of desperately clinging so tightly to this fantasy that I had bought into that things couldn't ever get any better than they were with, you know, this twin flame, right? So eventually, my twin flame slash kundalini shakti awakening purification and healing process began to become less and less intense. There were longer and longer breaks where I felt more and more peace, felt more and more stable. And eventually I had established a very high degree of self-love within my own heart. Of course, self-love, I love you practice continued ever since. It hasn't stopped. It's been about eight years. I still do that practice. I was feeling renewed. I was feeling transformed. And I was in a very deep state of trust and surrender. I had gone through a very significant spiritual awakening and spiritual transformation. I was renewed. I had died and been reborn a thousand times over. I was a completely different person. I had made peace with the journey that I went through with Tiff. I had understood that we were never really meant to be together forever. Instead, she simply came to light me on fire so that I could burn up a lot of karma and pain that I had been carrying around for my whole life and even prior lifetimes. This was what she gave to me as my twin flame. And that's why I say a twin's flame's role isn't to be the one for you. They're not meant to fulfill you. It's not meant to be this partner that you become a spiritual power couple with and run retreats in Bali with. It's not what they're meant to do for you. Their role is to catalyze your awakening journey so that you can do a lot of healing very quickly because we are living in an accelerated period of planetary ascension. Okay. So after some time of feeling stable and clear, I connected with someone else whom I call a soulmate. We've been together ever since in a very meaningful, exciting, loving, and deep relationship. I don't have a clear definition for the word soulmate. All I know is that it feels right and it isn't full of intense drama and huge emotional and energetic spikes. 
relationship with the soulmate is sustainable for the long run, unlike a twin flame relationship. Now, please understand, I'm debunking the twin flame fantasy not because I'm jaded or hurt by what happened to me in the past. Okay, I look back in appreciation and gratitude for the growth that that experience inspired. I look back at Tiff and I say, wow, she was great, really, really effective at helping me to heal. And she played her role perfectly. I'm very, very appreciative of that. There's no resentment. There's no bad blood. There's no, uh, you know, secret longing that we'll get back together. That's, that's, that's over and done with. Okay. So I'm not, um, I'm here to, uh, you know, uh, criticize the twin flame dynamic because I'm salty about it. Not at all. Okay. If you're going through some difficulty with someone whom you recognize is your twin flame, I'm inviting you as well to give yourself permission to let it go. Let it go. Like that, that woman who filmed that video in her closet said, the, the idea that you and your twin flame will reunite, it's, it's not real. It's not real. So you can let it go. If you give yourself permission to let it go, then you can open yourself up to so many new possibilities. You can give yourself some breathing room. You can, you can actually grieve the loss of the relationship properly. Right? You can actually grieve the loss of the relationship properly. Heal, grow, get over it. And then, of course, you can find a soulmate too. So in fact, during my period of purification after the end of my twin flame relationship, I sought the support of a mentor. I told her all about what I was going through and how desperately I wanted to get back with Tiff. And my mentor simply told me, Brent, make sure that you maintain high standards. So this is what I want to share with you as well. Make sure that you maintain high standards. It's important that we don't settle. It's important that we know our worth. Because truthfully, if I look back at the relationship with Tiff, there were many red flags that I'd overlooked or that I was willing to compromise on because I was so caught up in all of the spiritual synchronicity and the energetic phenomena, all of the mysticism. That was causing me to overlook a lot of red flags. It's causing me to uh, um, not maintain high standards. You know, these were there were things that I would prefer not to have in a long-term relationship. Looking back, if I can be really honest about it, so I invite you, if you happen to be hung up on your twin flame, to consider whether there are any red flags that you've been ignoring. Take some courage. It takes some maturity to get a little bit of perspective. See if you can get a little honest about it. Remember, maintain high standards. You deserve the best. You're doing a lot of work, and so you shouldn't settle. Okay, and of course. Even if, you know, red flags do come up, we can still offer forgiveness to our twin flames for hurting us if they have. We don't have to contact them to offer forgiveness per se. You know, don't use uh, the idea of offering forgiveness as an excuse for you to justify reaching out to them. Um, sometimes the ego can get a little sneaky and say, oh, this is so important. I've got to contact them even though they don't want to talk to me because it's about forgiveness. No. You know, you can do the forgiveness in your heart. You can offer them forgiveness in your heart. You can write them a letter and burn it or throw it out you don't have to send it this is how you can forgive and forgiveness is of course very healing especially for for the ones who forgive okay carrying around resentment is very difficult letting it go through forgiveness is very powerful a twin flame comes to reflect back to you the love that you have not yet given yourself a soulmate reflects back the love to you that you have given yourself now, this is, of course, a generalization. It's not black and white. There are nuances to this. It's something just for you to think about. But this is a good way to look at it in general. There's a soulmate out there for you, and you can meet them 
and it will be smooth. It will be awesome. Of course, there will be general you know, challenges that arise in all relationships because relationships are about growth and we don't grow without challenges. So, you know, you can keep that in mind as well. It's not going to be absolutely perfect. No such thing as a perfect relationship. Uh, and, and you can encounter a soulmate and, and, you know, be in a sustainable relationship with them once you've established a, a significant foundation of self-love within yourself. Twin flames are like fireworks. They're flashy, they're intense, but short-lived. Soulmates are like a searing hotbed of coals, which is actually the hottest part of a fire, which stays hot for a very, very long time. You know, maybe you've gone camping, you put out the fire, you wake up in the morning, the coals are still hot, they're still burning. That's what a soulmate relationship is like. Whereas a twin flame, you light the fuse on a firework, kaboom, it's very beautiful, but it lasts, you know, a second and it's done, right? Something to keep in mind. In my view, the universe is putting you through this intense healing and transformational journey so that you can relate consciously with others in a more deep and meaningful way. So don't fear that by letting go of your twin flame fantasy, you will be left, you know, forever alone. If you want a relationship in your heart, if this is a genuine desire that you want, that you have, then there's someone out there for you, okay? I don't think the universe is going to give you the desire for a relationship, put you through a spiritual journey that's basically all about relationships, dealing with all of these, you know, uh, themes that come up in relationships, um, insecurity, resentment, jealousy, attachment, codependency, clinginess, fear, um, worthiness, all of this kind of stuff. I don't think the universe is going to put you through all of those lessons and tests, tell you to be willing to not be with your twin flame, and then the universe is not going to bring you someone. That doesn't make sense. Those who are not meant to be with somebody don't have the genuine desire in their heart. And their spiritual journey looks a lot different than those who are meant to be with people in relationships. So I'm talking about the yogis that go and live in a cave or something like that, you know, uh, or somebody who, who actively commits to a, a life of uh, asceticism um, as a monk or a nun, for example. Those people are living a different lifestyle. But if your spiritual path has involved relationships, which I'm sure, you know, it has if you're dealing with twin flames, the universe is preparing you for a meaningful soulmate relationship. Let's keep this in mind, okay? The universe makes sense. It's very efficient. It's not going to train you and heal you and put you through this transformation only for you to then be alone and not be able to share your heart with somebody. Does that make sense? So keep this in mind. Um, if you're in the midst of this sort of situation, feeling heartbroken, betrayed, abandoned, whether it's by someone who you recognize as your twin flame or not, uh, here are some insights and practices to help you to work through these challenges. So first and foremost, self-love is the answer. Now, our knee-jerk to hearing this is usually, why can't other people just love me? Why do I have to do it for myself? It's not fair. Why does this all have to do with self-love? Well, I understand where you're coming from. I had the same knee-jerk reaction as well. It's because we have a source of love and fulfillment within us that we have access to at all times. Other people can do their best to love us. But of course, they're not always with us in the way that we are with ourselves. So we can't rely solely on other people to fulfill our need for love. We have to provide for ourselves too. Self-love looks like giving ourselves unconditional permission to think, feel, or experience anything that may arise within our body, mind, spirit system without judgment, without suppression, without denial, without escapism. 
Okay. Self-love looks like speaking kindly to ourselves, affirming our worthiness, and healing our wounds from the past. Self-love looks like treating yourself in the way that you wish others would treat you, by doing and saying the things to yourself that you wish others would say and do to you. Self-love is giving ourselves the attention that we would give to our own child. This is how we heal and overcome the hardship of relationship challenges and heartbreak. This is how we evolve into a person that is capable of entering into a deep and meaningful relationship without all the pain and hurt. Next, when dealing with these difficult relationship dynamics, we have to understand that we shouldn't be dependent on another person's process. Sometimes we can blame others by saying or thinking things like, oh, if only they were more conscious, things would work out better. Right? If only they weren't in their ego so much, if only they would meditate more, or if only they would read these books, you know, things would work out better and we could be together and it would be awesome. Right? This is a form of, of passing the buck, you know, putting blame on another person, putting responsibility on another, another person. And it's often common amongst those uh, in, in spiritual relationships, uh, those on the path in relationships in general. Especially when we look at things through the twin flame model, right? We may say, oh my God, you know, like how I was. Look, Tiff, you and I were in the healing phase. You got to go and do your work. I'm going to do my work and hopefully we can be together. And she's like, I don't want to, I don't even acknowledge this, this journey. I don't even acknowledge the existence of twin flames. And I'm like, oh, if only she could acknowledge it, then we could be together, right? It was putting all this, this blame and resentment on her um, as if everything was, you know, in her hands, all the power was in her hands about my own well-being, my own happiness, my own fulfillment. And that's giving your power away. And um, part of what this awakening journey is about is finding our own power, our own self-love within ourselves. Okay. So we may recognize that other people are behaving in unfavorable ways due to their unresolved trauma and conditioning. And so we may want them to heal so that they can better relate with us. And usually when we're thinking this way, we are completely overlooking our own shortcomings and the work that we need to do on ourselves. So now let's talk a little bit about getting triggered. We can look at being triggered from two points of view, from, from a perspective of victimhood or a perspective of empowerment. When we look at getting triggered through the eyes of a victim, we resent the other person for what they've done and we deny, suppress, or escape our feelings as a result of it. When we look at getting triggered through the eyes of empowerment, we see that though the experience may not be comfortable, each trigger is an invitation to heal. So people in our lives trigger us as a means to help us to heal and to let go of the bottled up pain and conditioning that we carry. When we're triggered and painful emotions, thoughts, and feelings arise, they're arising to be released if we allow this process to unfold. Sorry, let me say that again. If we allow this process to unfold, understanding what's going on here, we can actually turn a trigger into a gift and use it to help us to heal. Because like I said, we've got all these wounds within us. We've got all these buttons that need to be pushed. It's very difficult for us to push them by ourselves. So if we recognize that another pushing us, pushing our buttons is helping us to heal, we step out of victimhood and into a state of empowerment where we can say, oh, I see what they're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I forgive you. I understand. I appreciate your role in my life. But of course, we don't use that to justify if they're abusing us. If they're abusing us, we escape the situation and find safety. Okay. Twin flames are notorious for triggering each other in very intense ways. I invite you to consider that the same synchronicity and universal intelligence that may have orchestrated all the wonderful things in your life, 
maybe even connecting you with your twin flame initially. The same intelligence, the same synchronicity and universal support that orchestrates all of the drama in your life. It's also what's orchestrating the triggers and the healing cycles that you may be going through too, right? So if you acknowledge that the universe has arranged something for you and synchronicity reveals that you're supported and it's something great, that's good. But you can't then abandon that way of looking at life when things get difficult. It's either all part of the flow and it's all orchestrated by the divine and it's all unfolding according to uh, destiny and synchronicity reveals that to us or none of it is. You can't pick and choose. You can't say, oh, I acknowledge the synchronicity when it's good, but when things are difficult, no, this is something different. This is something I need to change and control and, and fight and resist. No, no. Even the triggering is orchestrated by that same intelligence that has your interest in mind because that intelligence is you. You wrote this script for your life that you're living out now and you didn't write one that, um, you know, was it going to work out for you? Okay. So when pain arises, it's not because something has gone wrong. It's because you're going through a healing process. If you understand this, you can, you can snap out of victimhood and find yourself in a state of empowerment in which you understand how this game is played. And from that point, it gets easier to play the game because this is in some respects somewhat of a fun game if you're able to zoom out. Taking space is very important when going through an emotional healing cycle. Sometimes we don't want to take space though, right? We want to talk things out with others, right? We want to hear them share what they're feeling. We want to hear them say sorry. We want to hear their validation, their empathy for us. I understand this. It's normal. It's natural. It's healthy, okay? But at other times, we have to understand that space is very important too, okay? We can't always talk things out. We all have to take space from time to time as well. So usually, if one person in a relationship has pushed you away or asked for space, it means that they need it. And it also means that you need it too. So whether you've consciously recognized that or not, it's important to consider where does space fit into your life? And I share this because for the most part, those who are watching videos like this are often the ones that are chasing their twin flame or the person in the relationship. And they're trying to escape the space that they've been afforded. And so it's especially uh, um, a reminder for us and I happen to be that type of person as well um, if you like attachment styles I fall under you know the anxious attachment style so um, I, I don't like to avoid I don't like taking space I want to talk things out and that's you know like I said it's useful at times but sometimes taking space is it's what's needed as well okay so going back to the topic of synchronicity during a twin flame relationship intense overwhelming amounts of profound synchronicity can begin to show up now, I'm not talking about just, you know, texting each other at 11.11 every day. I'm talking about extremely thick plot lines that could be turned into Hollywood blockbusters. When the relationship gets difficult and the time comes to let it go, we can sometimes cling to all of this, you know, Hollywood level synchronicity and use it to justify how we're meant to eventually be reunited. Like I mentioned, you know, this is what I did. So, for example, and this is just one of many examples in my life, but I had another romantic partner that I haven't spoken about yet. She was a green-eyed brunette that had immigrated to Canada from Europe when she was 12 years old. She spoke four languages and she had a very simple OM symbol tattoo on her upper back 
between her shoulder blades. Well, one day after Tiff and I had, you know, broken up, I realized that Tiff, my twin flame, was also a green-eyed brunette that immigrated to Canada when she was 12. She spoke four languages, came from Europe, and also had a simple OM symbol tattoo on her upper back between her shoulder blades. Exact same tattoo. These two girls, their names are also somewhat of an anagram. So this realization came to me when I was very vulnerable, when I was desperate, I wanted to get back with Tiff, right? I was, I was looking for reasons for why we were meant to be together. Like I said, I thought that's what the twin flame journey was about. So when I realized these very bizarre coincidences or synchronicity, my desperate mind could only think, of course we're meant to be. There's some very strange synchronicity going on. These are signs. The universe is giving me signs that we're meant to be together. My mind was completely boggled. And of course, this made me suffer even more. I misinterpreted the synchronicity and used it to validate my own fantasies and give myself false hope. Well, no matter how complex the synchronicity may get, it ultimately boils down to one simple thing. It's a sign from the universe that you were on the right track the moment you noticed it. That's it. Period. Okay. There's not much use in going back into the past like a detective and trying to decipher all the symbols and the synchronicity that you experienced as if it will have clues about how to finally live happily ever after with your twin flame. Okay. All it meant back then was that you were on the right spot. There's a divine unfolding happening here. Divine orchestration. There's a destiny. There's a script being followed here. You're living in, in a script that's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty magical and, and far out. And the moment you recognize the synchronicity, that's just a wink from the universe saying, yeah, you're in the right spot. Keep going forward. Keep moving forward on your journey. Don't cling to the past. Don't try to relive the past or use these ideas to justify anything beyond the fact that you're in the right spot. Okay. You can let the stories that you may have woven around the synchronicity that you've experienced, you can let it all go. Okay. Synchronicity demonstrates to us there's something much more intelligent than our ego minds controlling the show here, okay? You can call it God, you can call it the divine, you can call it the kundalini, you can call it the universe or source, you can call it your guides, whatever you want to call it. There is a director orchestrating our destiny and we can fully surrender to it. It has our back. That's the flow, okay? Synchronicity reveals the brilliance of the director and with trust, we can let go into the flow. Use synchronicity to remember your ego doesn't have much control in life. And this is how synchronicity can be used to, uh, you know, awaken further. Okay. As well, it's very important to remember that synchronicity is always available, not just in twin flame encounters. I regularly experience synchronicity in mind blowing ways. It's a normal part of my life. And for the record, I mentioned that particular story about those two girls with the Om tattoo, just to show you that synchronicity isn't isolated just to one single person in your life, your twin flame. Synchronicity involves a lot of people in your life. And if you zoom out, you can find it. There's probably plenty of synchronicity in your life that uh, isn't just limited to your twin flame. Maybe it's most obvious with your twin flame, but the fact that um, you know, there's somebody else with a very similar, uh, obviously very similar person, you know, same tattoo, everything like that. Um, that's 
gets me to zoom out a bit and say, hey, maybe my twin flame isn't so special. Okay, cool. Um, the fact that my kundalini awakening took place with uh, my twin flame and her best friend, who is also a good friend of mine, that goes to show maybe it's not just about this very isolated dynamic with just between two people. It's, it's actually, you know, the universe has other people involved in our stories who are also very significant and meaningful, right? So these are some ideas that you can consider. Synchronicity, twin flame, uh, you know, they're not just, synchronicity doesn't just happen with a twin flame thing. It happens everywhere in life. So for example, my partner now, who I call a soulmate, her birthday is the same as my best friend's dad. My birthday is the same as my best friend's mom. And this is my best friend, if, you know, very close traveler with me on the spiritual path. Um, the odds of two couples sharing birthdays like this are quite astronomical. Very, very astronomical, in, in my opinion. Um, I did the math, but I forgot. But it's, it's pretty rare that th that can happen. But that's synchronicity. And it involves my best friend and his parents. Like, you know, we're not meant to be together in some sort of, you know, forever, uh, happily ever after situation. It just, that's, that's how life works. Synchronicity is the rule, not the exception, okay? So what does this mean? It just says, hey, Brent, you know, when you realize these things, you're in the right spot, keep going. Synchronicity demonstrates that there is a very brilliant architect, a very brilliant screenwriter, you know, writing the, the, the script of your life. Synchronicity is everywhere, okay? Let go and surrender. Um, and, uh, you know, don't be so attached to um, one small little narrative called the twin flame thing. Life is much, much bigger than that. Okay. I also want to put out a warning here to avoid you getting caught up in giving your money away to those people who may claim to be able to do twin flame energy readings and things like that. So sometimes people claim to be experts at tuning into your twin flame's aura and communicating with their higher self or observing what sort of healing work they're doing and then relaying that information back to you. Sometimes this can seem appealing, especially if a twin flame has cut off contact with you, right? Of course, we're vulnerable, we're hurting, we're desperate, you know, maybe our twin flame blocked us. We want some other avenue to connect with them because like I said, you know, you go through these encounters, you feel so desperate. So you see somebody saying, hey, give me all your money and I'll do a twin flame tarot card reading for you. Or I'll look at your birth charts and I'll tell you the next phases of your journey and what's going to happen. Or I'll tune in to my you know, intuition and I'll, I'll, I'll read uh, their aura and, and uh, or I'll read uh, th their energy field and tell you, you know, how much work they have left. Or you know, maybe they'll say, I can communicate with their higher self. Do you have a message that you want to send to your twin flame? I'll do it for you. All this kind of stuff, right? And if you're desperate, if you're vulnerable, you know, you may be like, okay, yeah, you know, take, take my money. One, they're going to take your money. They're going to take your time and they're going to give you false hope. Okay. So I just want to put a disclaimer out there. Please use your discernment. Okay. Sometimes people that, you know, you know, um, are offered these types of services, they may not have ill intentions. They may not be just trying to take your money. Okay. They may have some gifts, some genuine gifts, maybe genuine spiritual people. Um, they may genuinely want to help you. But like I said, the matter of the fact is there's nothing that they can really do that can be much use of you if you're not doing your own work of self-love and healing and, and willing to take space and, and forgive and make peace with things. And if you are, then you don't need readings anyway. You don't need to cross boundaries through some sort of energetic healer or channel or whatever in order to make some weird type of contact with your twin flame. Okay, we don't, we don't want to get all weird and, and 
you know, in some respects kind of creepy, right? If, if they heard that you were doing these types of readings, they'd probably be like, yeah, that's really weird that you're doing, you know, twin flame energy readings and, and trying to trying to contact my higher self. They'd, they'd run way, away from you even more. Okay, so we don't want to do all that kind of stuff. And, and we also don't want to let people take advantage of us because people all over um, will, you know, try and, and uh, take advantage of people in this place being heartbroken by a twin flame because it's, if you're going through it, it's, it's very intense. It's very extreme. It's, it's debilitating, you could say. It's debilitating, okay? So, of course, you know, they're not able to do much for you because, like I said, the twin flame is not really meant to be reunited with you. Don't uh, don't don't fall into any traps. You deserve honesty, and that's my intention with what I'm sharing with you today. I'm sharing with you honestly, openly, um, candidly about my own journey. Uh, I've lived this. I've talked to a lot of people that have gone through it, are going through it. Um, I've, I've made a lot of peace with it, and I've moved on. And that's why I've you know been able to talk about this now. And it's taken me a while to uh, to you know come up with something clear about this, or you know at least I hope this has been a clear message. I know it's. It's kind of long, but I don't want to hold anything back from you. I was actually considering putting this material into a course and, uh, you know, selling it or something. But um, I thought, no, I just, I'll just put this out for free because I know that uh, people are hurting and I don't want to, um, um, you know, I've been there. I just want to, you know, give this freely um, and, and support you. Just like how that girl, that lady in her closet, just put out that video. It really was supporting me, and, and that's what I'm just trying to do for you. I wanna, I wanna give you some things to, uh, to take with you ahead on your journey. There's a lot to process. It may take you some time. You might have to revisit this video, um, revisit sections of it, or, or whatever. Um, I, I know I've shared a lot with you, and don't feel like you got to, you know, digest all of this at once. Maybe just a thing or two. Okay. Maybe you've never had a twin flame encounter, and you're about to. Maybe this would. Uh, you know, give you some uh, some some preface, something to uh, to keep in mind throughout it. Maybe you know somebody in your life that's going through this, and now hopefully you can get a bit of a better understanding of what they're going through, and you can maybe share this video with them or or offer them some support. Okay. Finally, I just want to end here by saying, you know, sometimes a spiritual path can make us feel guilty for feeling anything besides peace and joy, right? Sometimes we think if I'm not happy and joyful, I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good on my spiritual path. It's, it's not true at all. Okay, if you're going through some difficulties in a relationship, you know my heart it goes out to you. Maybe you're heartbroken. I honor whatever you're feeling, just as I honor whatever I'm feeling. Right, especially during those times where I was, you know, in a very very dark place, desperate, hurting, crying, vomiting. Right, it's all good. You know, just because you're not feeling peace doesn't mean you're you're messing up on your spiritual path. Feeling hurt is. Feeling hurt is nothing to be ashamed of, okay? It gets better. And how it gets better depends on how deeply and courageously we're willing to love ourselves. So thank you for tuning in today. You can leave a comment below about your thoughts and experiences. Whether you agree or disagree, we're all here to figure this out together. Like I said, this is a very new phenomena. There's no, uh, there's no experts on this thing. We're all just here to figure it out together and, and exchange notes and support each other along the way. You can be sure to visit brentspirit.com for more free content like this. I've got three free courses there. Uh, you can find out how to meet with me one-on-one -on -one if you'd like to go deeper about anything to do with your spiritual awakening journey. Um, you can find out about the Kundalini Q&A meetings that I host on Zoom. If you have a question, you can drop by. As well, you can find out about my course, Grounded Spiritual Emergence and Integration. It's something that I'm very proud of. 
and I think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. And until next time, much love and peace. <laughs>